And we are back after a slightly long hiatus for Ladies First. I'm Corey. Elizabeth is here with me. Hello. And this week, as promised, we're going to be talking about Sense8. Finally. Yay. Yay. It's such a good show. Um, We briefly touched on it in our last episode, um, but that was kind of a catalyst that led to a broader discussion about... uh, support within our community so this episode we're actually focusing just on sense8 yes and all of the uh things that happen in there again unfortunately it's still canceled which is it's gonna stay canceled it's gonna stay canceled um not it's not at nine million an episode is it ever gonna not be canceled unfortunately it's it is what it is um it's one of nine shows that Netflix has canceled, actually. So it's not the only one. Um, and I believe Netflix's chief content officer, Ted Sarandos, even said the show was just too expensive. Um, and I quote, The audience was very passionate, but not large enough to support the economics of something that big, even for our platform. And he said that at the Producers Guild of America's Produced by Conference. So, I mean, it just, yeah, they acknowledged how passionate its core audience was. Unfortunately, the show is just too expensive, sadly. But we did get two amazing seasons out of it. And I wouldn't necessarily completely dismiss the possibility that we might get, at some point, maybe another hour special. That definitely doesn't seem... Like that something seems they'd... within the re- realm of plausibility that they might let them have like an hour special or a movie to wrap it up. Yeah, so they would bankroll it themselves, even just to, just to finish the story. Right? They're they're definitely not above doing passion projects like that. So, so this sensate itself. If you have been, you know, under a rock, or you are just tuning in because you like to hear. Elizabeth and I talk, and you just don't know about the show. It's set on this premise of there are various clusters around the world of eight people who are linked, um, I guess you could say telepathically and empathetically. And psychosomatically. Yeah, they are like any kind of link you can think of, they're linked. It's just a fancy word that means they can feel what the other person's feeling. Right, and they're called sensates. And... Sensate, her her pun, uh, focuses on one particular <laughs> cluster, um, their genesis of how they're activated, thanks to Daryl Hannah. Um, and we just get to see them kind of figure everything out, like what the holy hell is going on. And, you know, the progression into season two of their learning more about their world and other clusters. So, I think we just kind of want to start very simply breaking it down to each of the sensates. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to start. We've got uh, Sun Bach, played by Duna Bay. <laughs> She's a Terminator. And her character, she's a very successful business person in her family's business. And she takes the fall for her brother, who had embezzled funds. She's in Korea, by the way. Yeah, she's Cor- South Korea. 
Yeah, remember when we said the show is expensive? It's because all of these places that we're talking about, they actually went there and filmed at those places. Right. So we've got South Korea here. So she takes the fall for her brother because she wants to spare him and her father because she promised her mother, who is dead, that she would look out for them. Her brother's a tool, by the way. Her brother's a raging dick. Um... And her entire thing is she spends the first part of the season coming to the decision to take the fall and then getting used to prison. And the first season ends with her father can't really live with himself for what his daughter took the fall on. And he's going to come forward and clear her name. But before he can do this, her brother, the dick, has him killed. Oh, I guess we're doing spoilers. Um... Spoiler yeah, if you, alert. it's okay. Seriously, <laughs> season one is like three or four years old. If you haven't seen it by now, I mean, I'm sorry. We talk about well, spoilers on here, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, if you haven't seen it in three years and you're just now tuning in, I'm sorry. That comes with the territory. Honestly, spoiling this story doesn't really ruin it. It's like you probably had the Matrix ruined for you before you saw it the movie was still good it's something they're very good at so we go into season two with her brother now wanting her dead so he can get away with everything scot-free oh the reason why he wants her dead also is that he knows that she's so capable and he's so not that he has a genuine reason to fear that she will in fact break out of prison and come get him because otherwise he wouldn't bother here's the thing Son is a badass. Uh, He's not wrong. She was a karate champion before her father made her stop. She's underground, I think, Muay Thai fighter. It's a Taekwondo, isn't it? Well, she was in Taekwondo before her father made her stop. Yeah. And she was a champion then. And then she also competed in underground Muay Thai fighting. So she is one of the Sensate Cluster's heavy hitters as far as when it comes to, you know, muscle. And we'll get to the other two here before too long. But Sensate, I mean, sorry, Sun is, outside of maybe Wolfgang, probably the most, if it needs to get done, I'm just going to do it. Oh, absolutely. Um, we see her help out Caffius. Caffius? Oh, my God. Caffius, yeah. I just completely blanked on how to say his name. I'm sorry. It's Caffius. Caffius. It's a really Um, old, really old fashioned name. She helps him out in his arc in season one and, you know, kind of slaughters an entire gang. So she is very much not somebody you want to mess with. And her brother has every reason to think that once she gets out of prison, she is going to hunt him down for his head. And it doesn't help that he tries to have her killed. More than once. I can kind of see what his intention was or what his plan was. The problem was his plan hinged on her not surviving these attacks. And the problem is, is not only is she capable, she's made friends, like genuine friends with women in the prison. And she has an entire cluster. Yeah. Um, there are a large reason why she does survive these attempts because each of them has their own skill that helps the other person out. So she survives the first attempt 
uh, she even knows what the first attempt is because her cluster is watching out for her and they know something's not right. But again, it goes back into each one of these sensates has something to bring to the cluster. Sun is very driven to the point of almost being unstoppable when she's got her mindset on something. And she's She's level-headed. She's very level-headed. She gives advice quite a bit to Riley Blue and even uh, Kala Dandekar. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is kind of their, those two, their go-to for advice when they're having a little bit of an emotional crisis. She is very level-headed for them. When they need courage, they go to her. Yes. So it's, there was some criticism that in the first season we didn't get as much of her story. I thought we got a lot of her story in season two. And I really liked seeing how the cluster was really working together to get her out. And just to take care of her. Yeah, and really across the two seasons, the times are actually pretty pretty evenly split between all of the characters. Yes. So, with Sun said, I want to move on uh, to Kala Dandekar. Um, she's played by Tina Desai. She's so cute. She's adorable. I love Kala. She is actually very, very intelligent. She is, like, the go-to medical person for this cluster. She's, um... She's a pharmacist specifically, which but, comes in handy because they yeah. have to they have to make these pills later on. But that's what she does. She she's a, a pharmaceutical scientist. Yeah, so she I mean she is very smart and she's all she is their analytical mind. You see when Riley is talking to somebody who knows more about the clusters in season two, um, Kala is the one. Who's, an- who's asking these medical questions of, like, how did this start? You know, what happens with this? She's the one that's asking, like, the pointed, what does this mean for us? How do we adapt to it? Questions that the others really don't know to ask. Yeah. And she also has something going on with another sensate, Wolfgang. And it's who's my very- favorite. It's very much this kind of push-pull, we are, we aren't, but she's also married <laughs> yeah. to a um, man named Rajan. Oh, Rajan. So it's complicated. The thing is, though, is the thing I love about Raj, what happens with Rajan is you. the story almost makes you feel like they're going to give you an easy out for her and Wolfgang to be together. Because there's sort of this side plot where Rajan is involved in something shady. But every time, it actually turns out that he's working with the good guys. He actually was the one who went to the police. He's launching an investigation. And poor Kala has been looking for just, like, she's like, I just need a reason, you know? Because then I won't feel like I'm doing a terrible thing because he's not a good person. But the problem is, he is a truly good person. And so she's just sort of stuck. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, is. You know they aren't exactly right for each other, but he is a legitimate good guy. And I'd say he genuinely loves her. Even if she doesn't love him, He, I think he genuinely loves her. Yes. Um, so it's complicated. And yeah, I don't agree with the cheating. And I really feel bad for Raj. I do too. But... The writing and the actors for Kala and Wolfgang 
are so good that I'm just like, oh, come on. I, I want you and Wolfgang to have your thing, but at the same time, I agree with Wolfgang when he says he's not healthy for you. <laughs> and I really don't like that you're cheating on this golden retriever of a husband you have. But I don't know what to think about it. And that's the sign for me of really good writing. That I it am is. a little conflicted turtle. But there is the other reason why it's so good is that you aren't annoyed by the conflict. No, you know, like it's sort of hard of to explain, but because in a lot of times I hate this stuff because like it, with Orange is the New Black, I spent the entire season screaming at the screen. If anybody is willing to tell the truth, none of this is happening. Like if just one person in this entire show ever told the truth. But with Sense8, I'm not like that because I'm actually captivated by the conflict. Also because Wolfgang and Kala are not really selfish people, they have other good traits, and because they're so endearing, you kind of want to forgive this flaw. You do, and they honestly know they shouldn't be doing this, and they do try to walk away, which I do give them half a credit point for. <laughs> many, many times, too. Um, but they're not the only group pairing in this cluster. They're not the only two who are romantically involved. Um... Which is why I'm going to move on to Will before circling back to Wolfgang. So, Will Gorski is played by Brian J. Smith, and he's a cop. So, he's one of the other muscles of the group. But he is very much, like, more of a quarterback. And he's got the cop instincts. He's exactly what you'd expect a cop character to be. And for some reason, it's not as boring as I thought it would be. I thought I really wouldn't like him. He's a little bit of a puppy at times, and I think that's what endears me to him, of just how, what? But he just <laughs> rolls with it so well. Like, the orgy scene in season two, or season one, he finds himself inexplicably involved in this while he's in the middle of oh. working out in public, and the dude just rolls with it. No, the best part was, and I actually did notice this, is that there's a point, the first time he actually speaks to Wolfgang, Wolfgang's like, oh yeah, we had sex, and Will goes, ah, yeah. But I like that he didn't feel the need to add, but I'm not gay, to the yeah. end of that sentence. I know there this was, is a low bar, but it matters. Yeah, there wasn't a no homo tacked on with any of these guys, which <laughs> No, I definitely appreciate. not. But he's a cop, and he is very much kind of a quarterback with his cluster, and a lot of that comes from his cop instincts of what he knows to look for in situations, and what he's been trained for. And he is very much involved with Riley Blue. And unlike Kala and Wolfgang, there's no real reason why they can't be with each other. And they actually do end up together. Yeah, they they're do end up the together. First two who, they're the first two who actually see each other in person, aren't they? They are. So this would be great and all, except Will's got a problem, and it's a guy named Whispers. If and he I, makes I, eye contact with yeah, you... He knows where you are at all times, which puts his entire cluster in danger. It happened by accident. It was actually sort of an infuriating coincidence the way it happened. But the problem is, is that now in season two, uh, Riley has to keep him either blindfolded or drugged to the gills to keep him moved around and safe so Whispers can't find him. Mm-hmm. And when he is awake and Whispers can find him, he's got a 
really diabolical guy whispering into his ears. You know, whispers. <laughs> um, but he does. <laughs> it's not to, subtle. Yeah, but he does have to contend with this guy constantly in his head. And in season one, he was able to rely on Jonas Malachy, played by Naveen Andrews. And he was part of the cluster that Daryl Hannah's character, um, Angelica Turing, belonged to. And Angelica Turing is our main character's mother. Cluster mother. It's really weird. You give birth to a cluster. I can't explain it. Um, Anybody can give birth to a cluster. Let's just understand that Angelica is this cluster's mother. And Jonas was part of Angelica's cluster. And he has been trapped and in custody with Whispers and their group for some time. And in the first season, he especially talks to Will, trying to give him some explanation of what's going on. Unfortunately for Jonas, season two doesn't go quite so well for him. Um, <laughs> massive understatement. That's a massive understatement. But for Will, the first season, he's got Jonas at least giving him some kind of explanation on what he and his cluster are. So he gets this information before anybody else does. So he very much is like this quarterback kind of like relaying it to everyone. Mm-hmm. And he is the first person to go see Riley, but he sees Riley because he's breaking her out of Whisper's custody. Yep. Because Whisper's is a bastard. You know, I never quite 100% got what he was doing with their brains. I'm not sure either. I think part of this is like, I'm threatened by you. We have to control clusters. Other part of it is just generically vague. Which is one of my few complaints with this show. It was but, clearly not meant to end. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But Will, he's just a really open, caring guy. And I really like that he is not on board the um, toxic masculinity train. There's no character in this show who he is. Well, there's one, but you know, son breaks his finger. Right. But for Will especially, he's just, he's a very open and warm and caring guy. And I really like that about him. There's no pretension. I'm not a stoic, man pain cop character. It's just, I want to take care of my cluster. Pretty much, yeah. Which is a nice, subtle contrast to Wolfgang, who does want my to fave. take care of his cluster. Wolfgang uh, Bogdanow? Yes. Uh, played by Max Reimelt. He is the third pillar of muscle within the cluster. So you have Sun and Will and Wolfgang. And Wolfgang is a criminal. Wolfgang is a lifelong career criminal who grew up... He he emigrated from East Berlin to West Berlin. They put guy, him into a position of getting the shit kicked out of him all the time when he was a kid. This guy's life has not been easy. No, it has not. The one person in his life who he loves more than anyone else in the world is Felix, his best friend. And their uh, their friendship is really sort of un- unprecedented. Like, you don't usually see characters like Wolfgang who have these sort of relationships. It's probably part of why I like him so much. Mm-hmm. Is that what? he almost seems... He's he's subversive. Uh, he, he has an action hero trope in so many ways, but there's all of the ways that he subverts the trope 
it's just he's a really memorable character. Well, and also, when we say he's part of the muscle, he is... He's the one that's had to do it for the longest to survive. Sun, before she wasn't doing it to survive. Will, to an extent, after he joined the police academy, he learned how to do it. Wolfgang has been doing this for so long, and the entire point for him always has been survival. Yep, he's a street brawler. Yeah, so when the group needs just, like, somebody who is absolutely capable of being cold-blooded to see something through... It's Wolfgang. And just like Sun helps out uh, Caffius. Did I say that right? Yes. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble with that today. Sun helps out Caffius. Those two seem to have their own little fun relationship, but she helps him out. And Wolfgang helps out Leto. In the sense of you have these two other characters who aren't fighters, but they have fighting cluster members who kind of come and save their bacon. And Wolfgang does that for Leto. Because, again, he does have all of these action tropes. But it's very subvertive. Like, he's... He cares a lot. The the show sort of characterizes him as if he's, he's outwardly unemotional. But it's sort of funny because it's more like just that he has a stoic face. He's very German-looking. Right. But like well, he, he is, is very he's very emotional. <laughs> he is. Um like you said with Felix and then with the rest of his uh cluster. I'm you know, it's sad that the season was its last because it ends up with him in custody. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the sensates in his cluster essentially declaring war on Whisper Super Shadowy organization because of it. Um, We're not going to dwell. Yeah. The, no, I, we have I'm to, we have to, to move on to other characters. Succeed in saving him. <laughs> I choose to believe it too. Because he needs to continue appearing out of nowhere like the German fairy of vengeance. Yes. That's a really fun <laughs> way of putting it. Wolfgang, the German fairy of vengeance. <laughs> um, I'm gonna cycle back though to Riley Blue. Right, yeah, we always get to Riley a little bit. She's played by Tuffins Middleton, who is British. Riley herself is from Iceland, and yes. she's a DJ. And she's kind of like the mother energy of their cluster. Yeah, she's, she's very, very much the mother of that cluster. Um. She, I don't know how to explain that whole birthing scene when they're, when she's in the, this is a really wild series, okay? Essentially, it boils down to in season one, she's at a concert and she makes everybody relive the moments of their childbirth. I started watching this scene while eating Indian food and I'm really kind of still mad at you, Corey, for not warning me it was coming. I didn't know what episode (laughs) you were on. How am I supposed Uh to know? (laughs) Okay, so that aside, um, so Riley, uh, she was actually married once, and her and her husband were going to have a baby, but they got in a car accident on their way to the hospital, because, you know, they they live in the middle of nowhere in Iceland, and they were on icy roads up on a mountaintop, so she ends up, she ends up giving birth, but the baby freezes to death. Oh, this show gets really dark, by the way, I feel like we forgot to mention that. 
But she actually survives. They find her. Um, oh, and her, her husband dies in the car crash. So she's the kind of, like, really like, the first introduction to her character, like, right at the beginning of the show, is somebody saying to her, you carry a lot of pain around, and you don't really get details about that until much later on. And it's a doozy. It is dark. She's carrying around a lot of baggage. But... But also, her father, um, and her whole family's musical... Yes. I, I love that scene when she's making fun of her, her father and his friends are smoking pot in their tuxes before <laughs> before a concert. Uh, she, she has lost a lot. And I think that's part of why she is so ride or die for her cluster. Um, and yes. the second season, she is the one that's going out and meeting with these shadowy people to try and get answers. Yeah. Um, you know, and the show makes a very good point of how much of a risk she's taking on doing this. But, you know, let's, they're her, they're hers. That's just the best way to describe it. They're hers. So, I know some people said she felt kind of whiny in the first season. I think that's just because they didn't really pay that much attention to her character and that you sort of need the context yeah, in order for her character to work. Which might be a flaw, honestly, that, because it does take a very long time to get there with Riley. It does. But by the second season, she is very much, like, kind of running the show for the cluster. Especially since Will is doped up so much. Well, she's literally taking care of him. And, you know, with all the... She comes up with all these clever <clears throat> ways to convince Whispers that they're not where they are. Like I playing, mean, yeah, she is the entire reason they haven't been caught. Like, buying medic They're actually in Amsterdam. Buying medications from Iceland. She has a recording of Icelandic seagulls playing whenever Whispers is around. Like, this is all these little details. Like, anything that could possibly give them away, they thought of. Both Will, both Will and also Riley is the one who has to maintain the facade, even if Will tells her how to do it. Right. And again, she's still the one going out and meeting all of these people. Yes. So, I mean, season two, I think, at least for Riley, it's really a sense of her coming into her own. Mm -hmm. Which I really enjoyed. And again, she's the mom friend of the group. So, I just, that lovely kind of maternal feeling that she brings, I think, is a nice counterbalance to a lot of the more... Um, ground and pound machismo <laughs> yeah she's the other the other end of that scale yes and that leads me into Nomi <laughs> Nomi Marks played by Jamie Clayton amazing I saved <laughs> Nomi and Leto for last just because you know there are two like overtly official queer characters you did not forget Caffius. No. <laughs> we didn't talk about Caffius yet. We have to do him after Nomi. Um, I'm awful. Uh, no, I'm going to do Nomi. Uh, I actually do have commentary on Caffius. Nomi is a... <laughs> we should have checked them off as we went. We're sorry. This is our bad. <laughs> Nomi is a transgender woman. Uh, played by Jamie Clayton, who is herself trans. So that in and of itself, I just really, really appreciate that the Wachowski sisters got that right. 
Why wouldn't they? Well, I know, but, <laughs> but I, yes, I take no, it, nothing it, for granted in Hollywood. Exactly. So it's just, it's always a wonderful one that does happen. Anyways, Nomi is a hacker. So she yeah. is essentially the tech support for the team. And she has the world's best girlfriend slash fiance slash wife. Oh my God. In Amanita Kaplan, played yes. by the superb Freema Agumon. Watching her call that in the very it's like the first, the pilot episode when they're in San Francisco and I actually it's, I had that thought the other day so it's a, in the first area where they're sitting in the rotunda there's a bench there that says lesbians do it best yes so but uh, the, when Amanita turns to that woman and calls her a loudmouth Berkeley bitch I was like this woman this woman gets it well and again the entire concept with that is anti turfism. <laughs> Yes, and that's why I was kind of falling off the couch laughing. I mean, uh, really, because I live they, here. Like, I know what it's like. With Nomi <laughs> and Amanita getting it on very graphically. Oh, with with a strap on. I, with I thought the that rainbow was a... strap on that flops to the floor, covered in lube. If that doesn't clue you in on what kind of series this is going to be, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, that was a bit graphic. Um. But they are just so loving. You know, Amanita is Nomi's ride or die. And Nomi is Amanita's ride or die. And Amanita, I think, really is the first person to find out that her person is a sensate. She just completely accepts it at face value without even really questioning it. Although, considering who her mother is, that does kind of make sense. Yeah, she grew up with a very uh, open family structure. I believe her parents were part of a polyamorous group. Yep. So, I mean, she's just It's covered in the Christmas special. Yeah, she's just raised to be accepting by nature. But the level that she just, yeah, all right then, what do we need to do? That she's just so, how can I help? And just accepts that these other people are essentially her family now because Nomi is her family. I mean, huh, I just want to swoon at how amazing Amanita is. And Nomi loves her so much. I mean, honestly, if I were Nomi, I would be locking that down. Um, I know, right? Oh, my God. But, again, she's the tech support for her sensate group. So anything like getting them hacked in and out of stuff security cameras access i mean nomi is their woman yeah nomi and, so nomi when when she was a minor she actually did time in prison because she had a hacker friend who was an adult and they hacked into some government files like super super bad stuff yeah and so she took the fall for him and went to prison because she was a minor and she got a much 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 reduced sentence this becomes important later because the same hacker, they meet up with him. His name is Bug. Um, and then he ends up actually helping the sensates as well. Nomi brings a lot of people in as support for their cluster. There's Bug. There's, um, oh, the other guy. I just blanked. Is there another name. guy? I thought there was. No, well, anyway, but what... Uh, she's always the eyes in the sky like yeah. you have will who's giving the basic commands on the ground and sort of swat team stuff and the nomi is one who was keep looking out for things like oh we can change the traffic light so they get stuck at the next signal or we can turn off uh the police call things like that 
Nomi's the lieutenant that keeps everything from falling apart. Yes, Sky Commander. So so nerdy, so nerdy. And again, like she is the first one that brings her group into it. Um, Part of it is because she's having so many issues. uh, She gets taken to the hospital and nearly gets an involuntary lumbotomy. Um, Part of the reason this happens is because her mother does not accept her transition and she gleefully signs on with the shadowy government wanting a lumbotomy because she thinks it's going to get her kid back. Yes. So Amanita kind of gets thrust into this, you know, trial by fire. She has to break her out of a psych ward, which is actually significantly harder than one would think. Well, she has to break her out, and they're on the run for quite some time. In fact, I think Naomi, Naomi, Nomi pretty much has to ghost herself in season seven to... Season two? Season seven. Oh, Where we wish. seven from? Probably Buffy. Buffy had seven seasons? That's right. It did. I don't know anyway. where I got that seven from. Um, season two, though, she pretty much has to ghost herself, so they stop hounding, the federal government stops hounding Amanita. <laughs> oh, God, is that the scene in the movie theater? It's the guy in the in the, the um, V-Max, the, the guy Fox mask. Yes. That he answered. <laughs> it's so cheesy. I feel like they're both making fun of themselves and then making fun of their movie and making fun of a certain aspect of their fan base. Yeah, well, you have to have a good sense of humor about stuff. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we love Nomi. We love Amanita. They're my babies. I, you know, I just want them to be happy. And I love that they got that moment at Nomi's sister's wedding. Yes. I swooned Guess again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on for Caffius. Yes, Caffius. Um, Caffius season one was more about him getting wrapped up into something he wasn't necessarily prepared for because he's, his mother has AIDS and he was trying to find medication for her. Yeah. So he got involved with kind of a local big wig who, uh, not kind of. This guy is literally a warlord. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> no point in sugarcoating it. That is what okay, he is. Yeah, he's a warlord, and he got on the wrong side of a rival gang. And unfortunately, Caffius got dragged into it. That's the part where I said son saved his ass. Yeah. Well, also, okay. So his day job, um, he's a bus driver. And so all Van the bus... This is a, this is like, he loves yeah. Van Damme. This is, it's, uh, it was in Kenya? Mm. Yeah. So, but essentially all the vans have these, like, huge graphics spray painted on them. So, you know, because everybody gets on the van, they go to, off to the city to work, and then they come back. Um, but so, <laughs> he has a little rivalry with what, the Batman, which has the Batman logo on it. But his is Van Damme, and of course his friends are always telling him, like, nobody cares about Van Damme. Nobody's cared about Van Damme in 80 years. And so his thing is always, Van Damme always comes back. Mm-hmm. It's also part of, you know, it's his marketing thing. Hey, Van Damme always comes back. I'll get you back home safely. But anyway, so the first time Sun helps him, I don't even think he really knew what he was asking or like it just sort of happened so quickly that she did help him. But um, mm-hmm. they get they get carjacked, essentially, and then he beats the ever-loving crap out of five of these gangsters with his bare hands. 
So this gives a significant boost to his business, and this is actually how he caught the warlord's attention. Thank you, son. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he he does eventually get in, he gets involved in what is basically a coup that some of the some of the warlord's men decide that they aren't having it anymore, and then there's some rival gangs involved. But basically, he ends up fighting off like twenty people with a machete. Thanks to Sutton. Takes thanks to Sun, yes. But I will say that one. his driving skills are par none. Oh yeah, so that's that's his his big thing for the cluster is that he can drive literally anything, hot wire anything I anywhere. Mean, he, he gets Sun in season two out of a scrape because she needs to drive, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like a motorcycle even. He gets her out of there. He gets them out of that Icelandic holding facility in season one mm-hmm. by hot wiring that ambulance and crashing them out of there. Yep. Uh, see, at the end of season two, he is their getaway driver and gets them out of there. He can't get you out of anything. <laughs> yes. Um, and he'll do it all with a smile on his face. He w- He's so happy. He is. He's always happy. And his thing with season two is because of what happened in season one, all of a sudden he gets thrust into politics. It's because and the I, government, the government is very corrupt. And so they're like, well, we trust you and we know that you aren't corrupt. So you should run for office and represent us. That goes over so well. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sad. We don't get to see the resolution in that because even as stuff keeps going for shit to him, with that whole political campaign, the more that happens, the more the people seem to like him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's at a point where I don't think he could have stepped out even if he wanted to. No, he couldn't. But, I mean, it is what it is. Also, he very much, especially with Sun in the first season, Sun is very stoic. Yes. Very, very stoic. And I loved that Caffius is just so open. More than anybody else. He is just open. Yes. And you also you saw this really weird compare and contrast with them. Because when Sun, when Sun was at her most, like, I'm stoic and I'm upset, she found herself with <laughs> Caffius. Yes. And Caffius didn't make a big deal out of it. He was just, you know, he's just like, oh, you seem upset. Let's enjoy the sun. (laughs) You know, outside of Amanita, I don't know which person has rolled with everything better than Caffius. Yeah, he's just a generally, he's, he finds a lot of pleasure in simple things. And again, he just rolls with it. Outside of Amanita, I don't know who rolls with it better. And Amanita, this isn't even happening to her. Yeah. So he is one of the more, I think, well-adjusted members of the cluster. And I think along with Riley, he is a very stabilizing influence for them. Yes. Um, Not quite a father, more like an older brother. Yes. And you see... um, in season two, Sun is debating on whether she needs to kill her brother or not, and the other sensates are trying to talk her out of it. 
And Caffius relates to her, you know, when his father was murdered, why he didn't go down that path. And it's very touching. I mean, ultimately, that's not what Sun decides to do because she has six customers <laughs> telling her not to do it. And then Bog, and then uh, Wolfgang is like, yeah, I'd do it. Good the German job. fairy. Good talk, everybody. I had to kill him. Oh. The German fairy of vengeance told her what she wanted to hear. Yes. But Caffius is very much, I think with Riley, one of the stabilizing points of their cluster. And I think without him, they would be far more, what's the word? Um, Reckless. Reckless. Yes. Which leads me to Leto. Yes. Leto. (laughs) Everyone's favorite drama queen. Yes. But he's literally an actor. He is a Mexican action and telenova superstar. And in season one, he was also a closeted gay man. Who had a secret boyfriend named Hernando. And... Who we also love. Yes. Hernando is very patient with him up to a point, And all of season one is basically their relationship and Lido's closeted status coming to a head. And what I love about Hernando is that he gets it. He gets everything that Lido stands to lose. And he's not asking Leto to choose until it comes down to where their friend is going back into an abusive situation just for Leto to stay closeted. Yeah. Because Daniela is the third person of this trio. And, and here's the thing. The Leto, Hernando, Daniela, or Danny. Danny, yeah. It, it is a polyplatonic relationship. In the sense of Hernando and Lido are not interested in her sexually, but they love her. She is part of their family, like family. Lido even addresses them when he They live together. Yeah, they all live together. And when Lido has announcements, yeah. he comes in. He's like, family, family, announcement time. Yes. So it's I really appreciate that Sensei was big on showing there are more than there are more types of relationships that work for people than just the traditional one person one person yeah and again you know it's two gay men and a very we know she likes men danny ostensibly straight woman yeah ostensibly straight woman and they just all love each other you know danny they give Danny shelter when her abusive boyfriend and family come back to try and take her away. And even when her family's like, we're going to cut you off, Lido and Hernando are just like, she's already with her family. Yep. What was it that she said? Um, I'm finally, because someone was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm finally with, I'm finally with men who love me. Yes. And and they do, and it's she is so supportive of them. She takes over being Leto's kind of manager because in season two he is outed. She really should just do that. She's very good at it. I mean, she's very good at it. She they even make a show of it, which like I can get it in sixty seconds or whatever, or five minutes, or whatever. like fifteen fifteen minutes. She calls like a bunch of different directors and actors and just twists the story until she gets. Well, wasn't he played Lito by Andy Dick, the director? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, she is really ride or die for these guys. 
They're they yeah. are her family. And they saved she, her life. Yeah, and she gives them shelter at her apartment when Leto has his big media outing when it all goes to shit. Mm-hmm. And she and Hernando help. I don't want to say convince, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not push. Anyways, they help Leto to get to the Pride Parade in Brazil. And persuade. Persuade, I guess. They help him get out to the out to that parade. They're all on the float together, and Leto finally is able to, on his terms, come out. To it's a beautiful scene. I mean, they, it is. they literally shot that in the middle of a pride parade, <laughs> and all the other sensates are around cheering him on, and he gets to have this big moment with the man he loves. Saying it to a crowd of five million people, plus a TV audience. And again, Leto is still a drama queen, and it does come in handy, because there are times (sighs) when his cluster, I mean, they are not actors, and they are not that great at talking themselves out of situations, shall we say? (laughs) So, I mean, Leto does have a very good skill. He talks them out of, I mean, he saves Wolfgang's life in season one. He keeps, he... Gets son out of prison in he season gets, two. Yeah, I mean, um, he gets them into the parking garage in season two. Yeah, I mean, yes, he's a drama queen, but his skill is still highly valued. Acting is a legit skill. It's not just a joke in that Team America movie. It's something that actually can be used to your great advantage. You know, like him having a screaming meltdown as Riley. I love the way they shot that particular... Because you know, they do this thing with the camera where they cut between the sensate. So you, so you sort of know who's actually supposed to be standing there and then when the another sensate takes over for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, you probably see the gif of it, of him just dramatically screaming bloody murder in a hallway. I love that. But again, he is so good <laughs> at acting. He doesn't have any ego as far as that goes. So he is willing to do whatever he needs to do for his cluster. And oh, yes. we, we know that he was going to be bringing his family into what was going on with the cluster when he went to London. And I wish we could have gotten to see more of that, but say lovey. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen Danny and Hernando react to the cluster and then meet with Amanita. That would have, <laughs> you know, made my life. Yeah. But, that's what fan fiction is for at this point. Um, overall, though, all of the sensates either have people in their lives or have skills that fit each other just so seamlessly that when they make these kind of allusions to fate, you actually buy it. Because you can tell, you know, the Wachowski sisters put a lot of thought into this world building. It's actually... I yeah, it's pretty solid. The thing that I like about it is you can actually build a very solid world out of a very vague concept. The trick is you just have to conceal that it's vague in the right ways. For, for me, and I know this isn't a popular opinion. For me, Harry Potter, the world of Harry Potter is about as deep as a kiddie pool. It does not stand up to scrutiny very well. 
It's also very poorly constructed and was clearly originally written for one age demographic. And the book, as the books aged up, the original concept did not wobbled a bit. Um, Sensate, though, the Sensate world, what they expounded on in season two, I thought only added to the depth. It didn't take away from it. It didn't limit it. Honestly, if you like The Matrix, you will like this because it's the same sort of blending of actions of things that are supposedly have some sort of scientific explanation, but a lot of it is spiritualism. Mm -hmm. And this is like The Matrix sort of touched on the spiritualism. This is this is if you took The Matrix and instead focused it almost entirely on that aspect of science fiction. Yes, and it's a it shares a lot of themes. About not, not necessarily understanding what reality you're in or how reality is a matter of perception. It's very thematically similar. And Well, you said spiritual. Yes. It's, it's not like overly religious preachy, but it's this very kind of hopeful tone. When, it, when I say spiritual, what I'm talking about is how the force in the original Star Wars movies is spiritual. Yes. That's probably the closest analogy I have for it. Or that Neo is the one, and this is never explained beyond, well, there's some fan theories, but, like, you know how it is. There is no canon explanation. He just is the one. Right. But with Sensei, I mean, there are elements of the show that are dark. But overall, like, it's about opening yourself up and being receptive to more. Yes. And being more complete by being more open. And it's a very, for me, it's a very, very hopeful tone. It's a very hopeful tone, which is like, it's how they can, it's still a very dark show. And like, okay, I want to say this because I feel it's worth mentioning because I actually think this is something the show does way too often. There are a lot of people who put guns in their mouths and a lot of them either do or almost do pull the trigger. Right. I can think of I can think of off the top of my head four or five separate times this this happens on the show. Several times it's Riley. Yes. So, just a fair warning: if you're going into it, that is in the show. But like, yeah, there, there I, is it, it is a massive, violence. massive, massive trigger trigger warning for that. But it's I feel like it's balance in a sh- in a show that was less hopeful and less about the essence of hope this would be a show i wouldn't have gotten through two or three episodes of it right but it would be like another game of thrones it's just cynical and edgy yeah it would be incredibly very viciously violent so for me i think what the wachowski sisters did was you almost think the expectation would be to go down that route with the grimdark and I for people that, who don't remember V for Vendetta very well and only remember its fans, you were wrong about that movie. It's great. I think they kind of really flouted that expectation, especially because this came out in the time of, you know, peak TV. Where, you know, and, you're right. Yeah, I just I always keep forgetting the first season came out so long ago. Yeah, it came out at the height of Game of Thrones and peak TV and Breaking Bad. And, and I mean, you very easily could have been forgiven for thinking this was going to go down in that same vein. But they chose to, yes, there are dark elements to this. But they overall chose to focus on that sense of hope and almost wonder. And 
pushing past barriers or limits of what it think of what we think it means to be human and opening it up to more intersectionality the tv show quite literally and again the representation is outstanding yes So, Which I also, like, this is a small, small detail, like, about the representation thing, because honestly, like, that's really the huge reason why the show is so important. Um, things like, like, when the sensates are first interacting with each other, they don't actually always speak English to each other. They're sometimes speaking their native language before they all sort of figure their way around the other languages, because every sensei can speak every language of a person in their head. So that, cause there's, and we know this because someone asked Nomi, how many languages do you speak? She's like, oh, seven and some shitty French from high school. Right. But the fact that they, they acknowledge that, like, this is just like a weird detail, but this is a pet peeve of mine in films. The fact that they acknowledge that not everybody just speaks accented English, even if you must use that for most of the show simply for the sake of clarity, I like that they acknowledge that that isn't the case. Right. Well, and beyond that, I mean, yes, it skyrocketed the show's budgets, but the fact that they chose to film on location using local crews, um, you know, local actors, I think was very impressive. Yeah. Because, I mean, for a lot of people, how many times are people going to film and say those parts of Germany or India or they filmed a, that was the actual Iceland. Holocaust Memorial the actual Holocaust Memorial I mean which just, now I'm I'm thinking like I wonder how they got permission to do that I wonder if they had to get special permission for that they might have had to but yeah the, the overall is it wasn't just about this metaphorical expansion it was for the viewers quite literally locations and people they would have never seen. So in that sense, yeah, I mean, they put their money where their mouth was. It also is just, it's after you watch Sense8, most of TV will be ruined for you. I'm sorry, but this is just the truth. Yeah. Because once you have seen something like this that was filmed on location, you can never ever watch it faked ever again. Well, also, once you've seen something that just works and it's so effortlessly diverse... Going back to regular TV with its flux of white dude mediocrity, <laughs> it's it's a letdown. It really is. It is. Oh, Sensate, we will miss you. Hopefully we get to at least see another special. That's I'm, what I'm lighting a candle for, crossing my fingers. We get one more special or something. Yeah. I honestly, I feel like with the with the Wachowski sisters that they've done films. They've they're clearly quite good at them. So I think even if they had to bankroll it themselves, like just just wrap up the story because this is it ended on such a horrific cliffhanger. I know, I know. Like there's just, nothing is resolved. Even if Nef- even if you bankroll some of it to where Netflix will get the get the rest of it, it just. Give us one more. Just one more one shot. You can do yes. it. I have faith. You can even shoot the entire thing in one location. Just make it about rescuing Wolfgang. Yes. Just shoot it in, you know, London or wherever they're holding Wolfgang. We're good. Um, that's actually going to wrap up our time, though, because we've... Yeah. Been... <laughs> 
and there's are, so much more we could have talked about too because the show is just so good it's so good you guys you should watch it yes unfortunately though we only have an hour so we have to start wrapping up um as usual please uh subscribe and review us on itunes we greatly appreciate it when you guys can we do, do. for us um we I got also... my first piece of fan mail, so thank you. You know who you are. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I don't have any fan mail, but I'm not really on the social medias, so That's <laughs> send true. it to Someone's Elizabeth. A... Send it Someone's to Elizabeth. Send a nice it. message. <laughs> um, but also, uh, we do still have our fundamental store, which you can yeah. access. We have lots of fundamental gear, including uh, dramatically satisfying shirts. And products. <laughs> I'm wearing a Team Rider Die shirt right now, actually. Yes, yes. Um, we kind of got that I am, Sanders, but I'm it Sanders really trash. most of the people on uh, Sense8 as well. So Team yeah, Rider Die isn't necessarily <laughs> Sanders exclusive. Amanita would buy this shirt. That's why you should buy it. We also have hoodies of that. So there is stuff. <laughs> if you are interested, we will have a link in the article. Um, yes. as usual thank you guys for tuning in we love to hear from you we love reading your comments um, Elizabeth loves reading your fan mail if she gets it we'd love to don't hear... phrase it like that <laughs> well, how I do, do love attention I do love attention but let's not quite <laughs> I didn't say you loved attention you just said you loved attention don't put that on me okay um, I'm sorry <laughs> anyways we will be back and talking about more fandom topics and shows. And, again, if you guys see something that you are just chomping at the bit for us to cover and we just aren't getting it and you're tired of waiting, leave us a comment. You know, send oh. Elizabeth some fan mail. Harass all you have to that. do, All you <laughs> have to do is send me a message on Tumblr and I will guilt Corey into covering it because that's how we did Mass Effect. Huh? I mean, it she's, works. She's not wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that's all the time we have. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. Peace out. All right. Peace out. <laughs>